Welcome back, everybody, to Quid Pro Quo, the music podcast where I introduce my friends and loved ones to progressive rock music, and they in turn get me to listen to, well, whatever they want. And we have a returning guest. We have Lise coming back on here. Uh, Lise was... Uh, a guest back in the fall, I had her come on and listen to Devin Townsend's Empath album, and she had me listen to, well, it was it was fine, of uh, Harry Styles' uh, latest album, which has the the classic track of Watermelon Sugar. Uh, and so we're switching it up a little bit. We're switching it up a little bit this time around. Uh, this time, I'm having Lee's listen to a classic album from a legend of progressive rock, and she's getting me to listen to a more contemporary, uh, fun album. And in fact, she messaged me uh, right at the beginning, and you'll hear this actually in the podcast proper. She says, what do you feel about banjos? And I loves me some banjos. So she's getting me to listen to the Dead South, which I found myself thoroughly enjoying, but I'm going to let the podcast speak for itself in that sense. Uh, so I hope you guys really enjoy this one. As always, a huge thank you to Olena Alinsky for the show's graphic, as well as Explosive Ear Candy for their track all together now, which I'm really hoping I can actually put into practice. I want to hug all of my friends again. It's been way too long, but their track all together now, which is, of course the soundtrack to this podcast. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. I hope you enjoy. ask you whether you prefer what are your feelings on banjos banjos i love banjos you like banjos yeah what's wrong with banjos no nothing's wrong with banjos it's just some people don't like banjos so I was who doesn't gonna... like banjos give me names <laughs> I mean... give me names right now <laughs> i can't produce a list of these people on uh. request and just know that some people don't like banjos i don't know i i think that's like uh the continent of australia they're okay. fake. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go there and inquire. Yeah. I mean, I've seen pictures, but there's Photoshop. We all know it's fake. Kangaroos. I mean, have you ever seen a kangaroo, really? I mean, I know of them. I've yeah. seen them in the zoo. Ah, but how do you know those aren't animatronics? Oh my god, is this gonna be an intense conspiracy? <laughs> QAnon um, kangaroo edition. QAnon, yeah, kangaroo edition. Australia is not real. <laughs> Prove to me it's real. You can't. Oh, I think it'd be. It's like Australia's really. Do you remember the Dinotopia books? I do remember the Dinotopia books. Yeah. Okay. New conspiracy theory. Hard pitch. Australia okay. is Dinotopia. It has been this whole time. Oh. All of that stuff about barren desert and wombats and kangaroos, it's all an elaborate smokescreen. They have a dinosaur-based um, perfect society down there, and we just have to all go. Hmm. I can, I can see that. That's why everybody wants to go. And then when they come back, they say that their life has changed. And then when you ask them about it, it's like, oh, no, you just have to be there. 
They're like sworn yeah, secrecy. And they can't, yeah, they can't give you any details. Yeah. 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 Oh boy. So welcome back, Lise. <laughs> Starting <laughs> us off on a bang. Woo. I'm uh, super glad to have you back. Uh, the first time around, you got me to listen to Harry Styles, which um, now I've been, I've caught myself humming and singing along to Watermelon Sugar. Um, yeah. And a lot of it is also due to the one TikTok, which has the Watermelon Sugar, hi! Watermelon Sugar, hi! Watermelon Sugar, hi! <laughs> TikTok gets you like that. Oh, it There's does. There's like, okay, I can't, I'm not going to remember the name of the song and artist off the top of my head, but I know the, um, the meme is like, it's so catchy. And I remember seeing the TikToks and then hearing the actual song on the radio and being like, oh, that's the TikTok song. Yeah. Well, apparently a lot of record studios and artists are doing that now. Like they're designing songs specifically for TikTok, uh, for people to use. And then, so you get like this, maybe like 24 seconds of like gold that's surrounded around this mediocre song. So yeah, yeah apparently it's found. like, yeah. it's yes, people are actually doing it. It's like the TikTok effect. Um, yeah, I I love TikTok. It's, it's, I mean, my heart will still go on for Vine. Like I, uh, my heart, like the heart of the ocean uh, will always go on for Vine. Um, pour one out for Vine. I always pour one out for Put Vine. Your lighter and wave it in solidarity for uh, Vine. But yeah. yeah, 2016, 2017 was a dark time. Um, but uh, we're not here to talk about Vine. We're here to talk about music. So um, we could talk about both. I mean, we could talk about both. Um, so yeah, you got me to listen to Watermelon Sugar from Harry Styles and you got, or I got you to listen to uh, some Devin Townsend. And I have to say, I've listened to that probably 10, 12, 13 times since. It's a powerful um, record. I really like it. Mm -hmm. Have you gone back and listened to anything else from Devin? I have. Um, not the same way where I was listening to the whole uh, the whole album, mm -hmm. but I, I went on a YouTube dive and I just listened to random stuff. Okay, but yeah, I, he's got some really good stuff there. Yeah, and like I couldn't name again. I'm not going to be able to produce the names of it. Oh, that's fine. Um, okay. Yeah, my uh, my favorite albums from him unfortunately aren't on streaming services, which still kind of irk me. But you can you can find them; they're out there. Um, so yeah, um, do you want to let me know of the album of choice for that you've got me ready? Or do you want me to let you know of the album of choice? That was a word salad of a sentence, but you know what I, I hope you know what I meant. Um, I think so. I think if you're good with banjos, I think that settles my decision-making process. Wonderful. I just need to make sure that I'm finding the correct album. So I'm guessing I'm getting an album that's full of banjos. I mean, probably. Because I, I won't lie, I, I had prepared myself for the other album that you had prepared last time. Oh, The Beaches, you listened to them? No, no, no. I mean, like, I prepared myself by not listening to them and kind of expecting The Beaches. But I didn't, like, I'm, I'm excited about these banjos now that you're telling me about banjos. I'm craving, I'm craving some banjos. Okay. 
because we can always do the beaches. They're good too. I mean, we could, we could, but I know I'm going to have you back on this podcast so we could do the beaches at another time. Okay. Well, it's only because like, I was thinking like Harry Styles is very poppy mm-hmm. and I wanted to give you something really different. The okay. beaches are sort of like, uh, they got like an indie rock sound. Mm-hmm. So this is um, <laughs> probably the the album that, oh man, do I like, which one do I like? The one that I was able to buy and that I listened to in the car is Sugar and Joy. Sugar so and we're gonna Joy. we're going to do Dead, Dead South, Sugar and Joy. And Joy, Dead South. So what kind of music would you qualify this as? Oh, this is definitely like um, like folksy bluegrass. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit a of like the, su- the Southern twang. Oh, a lot of Southern twang. Um, all of the, all of the Southern twang, none of the Southern um, frivolousness. This is not, okay. That, that sounds bad. Um, <laughs> let me take off my fancy fedora there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tip but your like, hat, my lady. <laughs> okay. It's not like, it's not like the South, like truck nuts and um beers and chicks it is it is the the dark depressing okay um, okay less it's been lonely on my horse since my saddle died and oh <laughs> you know <laughs> more like i'm staring at this bottle of whiskey um and it it is empty and possibly so am i oh okay 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 <laughs> but there's fun stuff in there too there's fun stuff in there i was too. gonna it's say better, with with a, a title of an album such as Sugar and Joy, I would hope that there'd be some kind of an uplifting track to it, unless it's very ironic. Um, I kind of think like, like I, I, I don't know if I could even, there's some songs that have a faster beat. There's some okay. songs that are, there's one song that it's like, um, like a, I could picture it being a really fun, like drunk bar sing-along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is like, I think one of the lyrics is like, uh, carry me home in a wheelbarrow or something like that. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I've, so going going on to my choice, um, I had narrowed it down to two uh, because I also wanted to give you something completely different from Devin Townsend. And I decided to go classic. I decided to go to some classic progressive rock. And uh, this is a staple. This is a masterpiece, if I'm being perfectly honest, in terms of like okay. progressive rock. Um, now, this is a solo work from the keyboardist of Rick Wakeman. Okay. So a little bit of history, a little bit of context. Uh, Rick Wakeman is kind of a legendary keyboardist. He got his start with the band called The Straubs, kind of like a short term for strawberries. They were very minstrel very like britain um very kind of like um yeah i guess minstrel would probably be the best qualifier for that he then got uh offered the job as the lead keyboardist from yes um oh hey i've heard of them yeah yeah so he was i know them yes you know them uh he's kind of been in and out of the band pretty consistently since the early 70s like 1972 73 uh and he's kind of come on every other record with them uh he's gone on to tour with them quite substantially and that's kind of like where he got really really big and then he did a lot of his solo stuff and he's put out like 
50, 60 solo records. Uh, the guy, he's nonstop. Like, even though he's in his, like, I know, 70s or 80s, he put out one of my favorite albums last year. So the guy, the guy's nonstop in terms of his prowess. He's also one of my idols in terms of um, the word always escapes me. Pretentious. That's the word I'm looking for. His, his, his mastery on the keyboards is only matched by his pretentiousness. Um, and I mean, the, I mean that, I mean that in the best, the best possible way. Uh, whenever he tours, he usually wears a cape uh, because my dude's got to wear a cape. Um, and some of the concepts of his albums are just like bonkers, bananas, insane, uh, especially how he tours them. So the album that I'm giving you is his second studio album, Third Output, which is called King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Or sorry, The Myths and Legends of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Oh that's, my God, I am down for this. That's the title of this track or of this album. Uh, and one of my favorite musical tidbits is the, the tour that he put on for this nearly bankrupted the studio along with himself. And because he wanted to have this played in stadiums, like arenas that had skating rinks because half of the show was going to be on with figure skaters acting out what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay. So if somebody told me, if yeah. somebody had said, least you want to go to a concert where there's figure skating and progressive rock music featuring um the subject matter of king arthur i'd be like yes why has no one ever told me this uh i would have been there yesterday i will i will just sleep in this place until i can get it <laughs> that was amazing yeah um i think they only put out like maybe five shows before they had to stop because the ice was getting like in the way of all the electricities, like the electrical items, because uh, half the stage was ice. The other half was literally a stage where the musicians would play. Um, yeah, it was kind of bonkers, banana, insane. And this is the kind of thing that I just love. Uh, yeah. This is also my favorite album from him. Um, so, and yeah, it's, it's talking about the myths and legends of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. So I figured that's a good through line because I figured you would really enjoy that. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm so, ready. so yeah. Um, enjoy because, yeah, it's it's a real delight and I really hope you enjoy it. And I will I will listen to the Dead South and enjoy Sugar and Joy. the future's on our side. And with that, Lise and I go into our own musical silos to get into the richness of the music for this week. She's going to be listening to Rick Wakeman's Myths and Legends of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, one of my all-time favorite progressive rock classics. And I will listen to The Dead South. And a little bit of a spoiler alert, 
I had a fantastic time. I'm not going to lie. I've been still listening to the album, but again, I'm going to let the podcast speak for itself in that case so that I don't give too, too much away. And I want to thank some of my amazing, amazing patrons for all their support up until this point. And I'm just going to shout a few out. The first one up, of course, is T-Dog. I feel like I haven't really thanked T-Dog enough, but he's been there in my comment section for pretty much right from the beginning, as well as uh, a continuing supporter of mine. Uh, and I also want to thank Rick. Uh, Rick has not given me a last name, so it's just Rick. So if you want to be cool, like Rick and T-Dog, head on over to my Patreon. It's Patreon slash Notes Reviews. Uh, and even just a dollar a month really does go a long way. You get a shout out on this podcast that you've been hearing, as well as your name at the end credits of all of my YouTube videos, which you can find uh, on Notes Reviews, just on YouTube. Uh, and I think I think that's about it. Yeah, that's all I've got for this little bit of an ad break, this little bit of a, uh, a mid-sectional item. I've been in talks, actually, with with a few different places in order to get their ads on here that I'm kind of excited about. And so when I get that off the ground, you'll be hearing about that. Uh, But until then, let's just dive back into this musical podcast. Let's dive into the proper content, find out what Lee's thought about Rick Wakeman and what I thought about the Dead South. Let's dive back in. I know the future's on our side. Hello. All right. That does seem to be how it works. Like you, um, you finish first and then I'm like, oh, I want to like listen to this part one more time. Just, just to get a good grounding for it. And then, yeah, well, I guess on that note, how did you enjoy it? How, how was the sweet, sweet sounds of Rick Wakeman? I really liked it. Oh, I'm Um, glad. Yeah. I really liked it. It Mm -hmm. was very, uh, pretentious. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. but like in the best possible way yeah it was hang on we have a visitor here is it is it herbert it is herbert oh hello mr herbert he's gonna be a little snarfly hang on let me just get him out of here oh buddy okay sorry about that oh that's okay maybe you can just edit that bit out oh i'm keeping it in no 100%. Hopefully he didn't snarfle too loudly. Oh, he was fine. Okay, so you really liked it. It was definitely pretentious, but in the best possible way. I really liked it because he he tries to tell the story, like the Mm -hmm. rise and fall of a dynasty, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, Through It's almost like, oh man, this is such a lame comparison, but... um, Do it. Okay, so like, have you ever listened to, you know, you watch an anime and then Mm -hmm. you download the image songs for the characters of course yes we've all been there yeah it felt very much like that to me where like each character kind of gets their own highlighted moment yeah um and the book ending of the the rise and the fall Mm -hmm. Mm um yeah i really liked it that's good yeah i liked the uh the synth was awesome gotta love the synth very like very like I know it's 1975, right? It said that it was produced in something around there. Yeah, it felt almost like a little bit 80s to me. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think that's just because of the synth, because I associate that with the 80s. 
Right. Yes. I mean, the the 80s were extremely synth led. Yes. So, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So do you want me to just go through my thoughts? I really, really do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I uh, really liked how every song kind of started. Most songs started out with those Gregorian monks. (laughs) Gotta love the Gregorian chants. Yeah, they're just, and they're just gently singing a little piece of narrative for you. Yeah, yeah. Pretty weird on the second track, though, when it's the Lady of the Lake, and that's her spoken dialogue to Arthur, but it's sung by, <laughs> by, by male. a bunch girl. of guys. was pretty entertaining mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I liked like the the mix of instruments too there was some interesting things in there like the harpsichord yeah. that was a harpsichord what the heck sure was yeah yeah um and just like the the trumpets and the violins and gave it that like kind of like oh man like a like a parts of it felt like a musical but then parts of it were so weird yeah, like, I always figured the trumpets and the violins gave it a regal feeling to it, yes, you know, like a very, yes. we're dealing with high royalty. Yes, and then you get to Merlin's song, mm-hmm. and what is even going on in that I, song? I Okay, so I love Merlin's song. It was one of my favorite songs when I was in high school, and yeah. I would I would play it for anybody, like... I was the designated driver all throughout high school because A, I was one of the few that had a driver's license. B, I had access to a car and C, I didn't drink. So like I was everybody's best friend, but the only thing was you had to listen to whatever I played. And nine times out of 10, I'm putting on Merlin the Magician, which starts off with the Gregorian chants Mm -hmm. and then goes into that sweet, sweet, like synth sounds. And then it just goes off the walls, bananas. Uh, yeah. What was even going on? Cause I was like, okay, this is Merlin's image song. Yeah. So it's like, it's got the, again, the choral opening with the yeah. harpsichord and like the mystical feeling, but yeah. like a stoned mysticism at the beginning. Yeah. Cause it's all those sliding upward notes. Yeah. Um, for me, Oh, we'll keep, keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay. Oh no, no, no. Did you have something? I do, but we'll circle back to it. Keep going. Okay. He's got the the little like it adds the little elements almost one at a time, so it's almost mm-hmm. like the little moments, the little musical moments each get their own mm-hmm. before another layer is placed on top of that. Yeah, like some sort of um, delicious cake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it just goes bananas and it turns into old timey carnival music with like piano and xylophone. What is even happening? Sure does. Yeah. But then I was like, oh wait, no, no, this is Merlin because he's like he's like part stoner, he's like part mystic. Uh, he's very wise, but he's also doing like the razzle dazzle to impress yeah. people. And that's what this is. This is like silly, frivolous Merlin being like, whoa, look at me. Don't it's, worry. I'm I'm not a big deal. I'm just. Uh, it's all about the razzle dazzle. Give him the yeah. old razzle dazzle.
and then it kind of like goes from there mm -hmm. back into that like heavier synth with piano um yeah. it was like merlin can dazzle you but merlin mm -hmm. can also end you you, oh, yeah. you watch out for that guy oh yeah but then then it just goes back into silly times at the end <laughs> it sure does <laughs> i really enjoyed it but it was so weird yeah yeah, that's one of my, as I mentioned, all-time favorite songs. And one of the things that I do love about it, outside of the crazy ragtime kind of like carnival sounds near the middle and end, the thing that I really have come to appreciate and love is that bass line. A I little love, chug chug. I love that bass line where it's like, like it's it's yeah. it's punchy it's percussive it's like i could just see the guy like just slapping that string meaty like i just i don't know i love Merlin's, that baseline because he's a threat man the threat he is, is a threat. The, yeah. he's the the baseline is like the underlying like you know the rest of this sounds silly but you don't mess with merlin you don't mess with merlin he's the kind of guy that brings a shank to a magic <laughs> convention he will he will mess you up He's the prison shiv of magicians. He is. He is. He was the OG. So, yeah. Did you ever, uh, did you ever hear a piece of classic? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's not really classical music, but it's like we played it in concert band and it was called Instant Concert. Okay. It was just like a mashup of a whole bunch of different um, familiar melodies. It's like a medley. Okay. And that's, Merlin reminded me a lot of that. Okay. Okay. Kind yeah. of like a melody of, uh, identifiable themes yeah because you can pick the okay. themes out they're very distinct and they right. and they're they're not really weaving into each other so much as in a like a hard shift into something mm -hmm. different it's mm -hmm. like um monty you know like uh monty python kept coming to my mind a lot as i was well, listening I mean, to this they're both extremely british so that would make sense yeah and now for something completely different. Yeah, essentially. Um, so yeah, I love Merlin the Magician. Any other tracks that really stood out for you? You already talked a little bit about uh, The Lady of the Lake and uh, Merlin the Magician, because there's a few knights that they cover as well as uh, Arthur himself and Guinevere, uh, and then the final battle. I loved uh, Lancelot and the Black Knights, a real mm -hmm. banger. Uh, 10 real out of 10, would yeah. listen again. Excellent, excellent, yeah. Um, I mean, it tells a story. It's got that uh, that the dramatic um, the the phrasing even in it when he's like he just sings the oh my god I'm not saying this very well but you know like when he's like da na 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 and then it follows up with that um, uh, can you can you edit it to put some of the music in here so that absolutely people know not. what I'm talking about <laughs> you, you should put it in so that I don't try and sing it please have you not listened to my podcast you not know how I do yeah you you did that last time that's why I did yeah. yeah 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 okay good okay so you'll you'll handle that part but I also have no idea what part you're actually talking about so I'm going to need a little bit of help here just like the way that they they sing the sing the lyric and then it's uh -huh. followed by that that musical beat in the middle and then okay. it doesn't you're giving me extremely vague i i need i need a little bit more here it's like a metrical okay okay hang on hang on hang on oh Does don't play it for me i gotta i gotta hear it no i won't play it i won't play it okay um i'm just gonna find the lyrics that i'm talking about 
Because okay. I know right now I'm kind of like, I'm making a lot of sounds with my mouth, but there. You sure are, yeah. Like, it was really interesting <laughs> hearing you say, it was like that one part, and then it went uh -huh. into this other part, and then it sounded really good. And I'm like, that's great, but I need a little bit more than that. So it's like he says a line, and then there's a musical breath between the line. Okay. And then he... What's the line? Um, it, the whole song is sort of like that. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like a specific instance that this happened. No, I didn't have a lot of notes for this one. I just wrote really like it, liked it, real banger. Um, okay. I will use my... I I will use my artistic liberties of interpretation to figure out what part of the song you're talking about and put it right here. No, I'll listen to it later and I'll, I'll send you a timestamp or something. Oh, I, I, I feel pretty confident about the, okay. the choice of music that I put there. Okay, good. <laughs> and then um, we're kind of going out of order here, but I really love Guinevere. It really mm -hmm. felt like a 70s power ballad, like very yeah. delicate love song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked that the end of the song, it's this beautiful, these beautiful high chorals, and then it just sort of yeah like yeah. and it's it's almost like symbolizing see this is me reading into it mm -hmm. symbolizing maybe her fall from mm -hmm. fall into lancelot's arms the downward slide oh Ooh. snap yeah, yeah i don't yeah. know maybe who knows it's just fun to listen to and make all the little little um yeah. connections to the legend for sure yeah and i mean galahad I wasn't crazy about it. It was all right. Okay. Um, it was weird because it starts out very like processional almost, mm -hmm. like very, but only for a little bit, like uh, uh, maybe 13, 20, 20 seconds, maybe not even that. And then it's just like straight into a, a romp. Like he's having a great time growing up in an abbey, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's, I don't know, I guess, I guess if I had to say anything about that, it'd be like, Maybe there's maybe he's trying to symbolize his youth, Galahad's okay, energy yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before it goes into the um, the more mysterious. I wrote very poetical when it starts when he starts talking mm. about um, the stone and pulling mm. the sword from the stone. I like I like the chanting though. Pull me, pull me. Yeah, felt like very Alice in Wonderland esque too. Like okay, okay, I could yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. My, I personally love the first track of Arthur. Yeah. I love the build. I love the climb. I love the big process processional of like that. And then it's, you know, reprised in the, the final track of the That's, album. Yeah. Um, and I love how it kind of bookends with the beginning of Arthur's life and then the finality of his life. Um, and I just, I also love just the noodling away on all of the keyboards. Like Rick Wakeman really proved himself onto this album that he's the master of melody as well as keeping everything really tight in line, even though he's slinging, you know, thousands of notes all at once. 
Yeah. So yeah, I really, really did dig this album. So, and I'm very, very glad that you did as well. It's a fun album. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think I've actually listened to um, Judas Iscariot before without realizing oh, it. I mean, it's very recognizable. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I was even, um, when I was plugging his name into YouTube, because that's what I use mm -hmm. usually to do these things, um, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wait, Middle Earth? I'm sure I've heard some of his stuff before without really recognizing the name. Right, yeah. Like I said, the dude is prolific. So he's done everything from, like, Journey to the Center of the Earth to Fan of the Opera to 1984 to, like like he did a full concert about his dog once so like the dude is non-stop he did a full concert about his dog yeah it's on it's on spotify it's the concert for ollie or something like that or olive or something it's and it's about his dog mm-hmm yep like i said dude's non-stop how cool is that it's pretty it's pretty darn cool yeah oh man i want to do a concert for herbert you should no, 100% you should. Oh, boy. Well, I'm super glad that you liked it. Um, and we can move on, kind of switching gears. Okay. Over to uh, the deep, uh, the dead south. I had written, uh, I thought this was the deep south, but it's the dead south. Um, you can be forgiven. They're pretty, pretty similar. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I love this album. I thought it was a blast. I, yeah. I know you're doing your... Little shimmy shammy. Uh, no, I really, I really did thoroughly enjoy this album. It reminded me of because I've been, I've been watching this particular role playing game called Undeadwood, uh, mm. which all takes place in like the South, and it's essentially Deadwood but with zombies. And I've, I've been craving that Western sound. And yeah. I like the fact that these guys really brought it. So it reminded me of that, but it also reminded me of uh, another favorite band of mine called um, Murder by Death. Uh, and if you haven't heard of them, they're kind of like a cross between these guys and uh, the Deceberists. Um, oh, I will check them out then. Mm -hmm. Their last album that came out, I think in 2018, um, was called The Other Shore or The Far Shore. And in my opinion, it's a full-on masterpiece. And every time I listen to it, I weep. So that style reminded me of this, except this is much more of that Western, homegrown, deep Southwestern kind of a flair, like cowboys and whatnot. And yeah, yeah, I could see what you were talking about in terms of um, it being darker and harder. Yeah. Um, because there's not a whole lot of, like, I was getting the traditional banjo guitar duels of, like, flats and scrubs of, like, Turkey and the Hay and um, dueling banjos and, like, that yeah. style of banjo work. Uh, but it also had that almost death march darkness that a lot of these, I find, kind of, like, Deep South kind of bands have. Like I find like there's a very strong connection with death in those ones. Yeah. It's very, um, very dirge, very, very funeral. That's what I was thinking sometimes. of. Yeah. 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 And, and the, the picking, the pick work is all really, really technical and quick. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but none of, none of the folksy lightness that you hear sometimes in a lot of, um, more, I guess, more popular banjo. 
Yeah, yeah, because I mean, when I think of like contemporary popular banjo music, the first thing that comes to mind is Mumford and Sons. And like, this is as far away from Mumford and Sons I think you can get in terms of contemporary music. (laughs) Yeah, it's not at all like Mumford and Sons. Yeah, so I also like Mumford and Sons, but. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love Mumford and Sons. Like, I'm still, you know, I'll pour one out for my homies when they left the banjo to the side with uh, their last two albums, but. I still get a kick out of their first two, but this, I, I love the, the darkness of this, even when it's surrounded with the brilliant brights. Um, like for example, I love like blue trash and uh, heaven in a wheelbarrow and spaghetti that are all very fast fun. You know, I guess that's where you get the, um, the sugar and joy quality of the, the band. Uh, But then you get some like really gnarly tracks, like the snake man parts one and two um, that I, I was just like, I love the storytelling aspect of that. Like, I love how dark and menacing this figure is of the snake man. This deal we made will curve your spine as we wear slime again. I wanted you go. Instead, I'll take your mind. Just take my hand, no bullshit attached. I mean, by and far, I think my favorite track off of this was The Broken Cowboy. It's a really, really good track. Like by and far, like I love the story. I love yeah. how the song develops. It's easily their longest song on this album by like, like it's six and a half minutes. Yeah. And I love the story. I love, like, even though it's only about six, six and change, I was getting emotional based on what he was talking about, you know, yeah. talking about being this broken cowboy, how he's got this past life and how he, built it all up just to have it torn all down based on some of his decisions that he made and the figure and the role model that he was uh and kind of like being haunted by your own lineage and by your own um oh what's the word i'm looking for um decisions demons um it's close to lineage like um when you pass on something, the, le- the legacy. Oh, legacy. Yeah, yeah. How your own legacy can essentially come back to haunt you. Um, I, I yeah. just, I, I love, again, I'm a huge storyteller and I love a good story. And so this, as well as the Snake Man, were just like, mwah, friend, uh, chef's kisses everywhere. But I will also admit, like, even though I love a lot of those more fun tracks, like Heaven in a Wheelbarrow and Fat Little Killer Boy, yeah. I wasn't a big fan, especially of Fat Little Killer Boy. Like, they, I don't know, like, I'm never a big fan when people punch down. And, uh, like, I felt like these guys were fat shaming this guy a little bit. Like, I know it's all tongue in cheek and I know it's all, like, for a good, good, fun laugh. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you are essentially laughing at this fat person that's going around killing people. And it's like, this should be menacing. Like this should be scary, but instead, because he's fat, you're almost laughing at him. 
you know, and I, I, I don't know. There was a part of me that's like, man, it's not necessarily in the greatest taste, but. Oh, I didn't really take it that way or maybe think about it that way. Yeah. And I'm only thinking about that because like, I grew up as a fat kid. Like I, I remember being viciously mocked when I was a, a preteen and even into my adult life. So whenever that kind of crops up, whenever, you know, the big butt of the joke is that somebody's fat, um, I don't know. It just leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Now I know. Yeah, that yeah, I can I, see that. I know that wasn't the intent, and I, as I mentioned before, I know it's all in good fun. But I don't know. I just think that they could have found some better way to do it. Like, like in Alabama, people where you know they're just talking about essentially just a whole bunch of different people uh, and how horrible they can be, as well as being how, how great they can be. Um, I really love Alabama people. I think it's maybe my favorite. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Cause it was, for me, it was a little bit of a low point on the album personally. I like um, Alabama people. I'm not a huge fan of, um, of fat little killer boy. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it feels, it's like some of it feels more, um, more groomed to be singles than others. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to me, fat little killer boy sort of has that feel. Um, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm also guilty of liking, I think diamonds, which is the, the obvious, um, the obvious single on that one. Oh, I love, so I love how active approach goes right into, uh, diamond, is it diamond ring? I think it's diamond ring. Yeah. Um, and it was the perfect way to open up the album for me because like I started listening to it and I'm just like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to get. And yeah. I wasn't disappointed. So yeah. it's like the promise of that first couple of tracks was fulfilled by the end of Distance Oneself. It was such a good opener. And I love that blend between the fast picking banjo and the overarching menacingness of the overall atmosphere. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I also great. like, oh man, what's the track four? Track four, Black Lung. Yeah, Black Lung. That's a good track. That is a good track. Love I do enjoy Black that Lung. one. Yeah. yeah that I love good. how they have the, the, oh, the percussion sounds like chains. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And it's, it's very like, um, oh man, you know what it reminds me of actually? Um, not, uh, not that one, but like old, I know you're not in my head. It's okay. <laughs> we'll think through my mental Rolodex of music, uh-huh, here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but it's just, it's a song my dad used to sing and it's an old, old song. Um, not the, uh, not the stovepipe song, you know, 16 tons and what do you get? Another bit older and deeper in debt. Don't you okay. call me St. Peter because I can't go. I sold my soul to the company stove. Ah. Kind of like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. Um, oh, it's a ballad. Okay. The ballad okay. of. Uh, Billie Jean? No, not Billie Jean. <laughs> Billie Jean is not, not my silver. Uh, hang on. The ballad of Big? Not maybe. I really should have made notes before I did this. The ballad of two tone Billie Jean. You sure? No, because it's a minor song. Mm. Like working on a railroad 
or digging in the mines? The Ballad of Big John. Oh. Big Bad John. Big Bad John. Yes. Yes, 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 that's the one. Um, this song, Jimmy Dean, 1961, I think. Okay. It reminds, the so the way this all ties in is that Black yep. Lung really reminds me of that sort of, um, it's, it's a dark story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tragedy in it. Mm-hmm. But in, you know, in Big Bad John, John, though he, he dies, he's sort of heroic. But right. in Black Lung, it's like the, the tragedy is that this is their lives and they mm-hmm. are, it's the grind of being in the mine, right? And right. they want to leave, but like he even, I think there's a line in there about he wants to leave. Hmm. They're yeah. saving up. It is, it is interesting because before I jumped on this call, I was listening to one of my favorite Genesis albums of, and then there were three and that album ties in very beautifully to this one because it's very um, settlers of America of, you know, going out West of those like cowboy stories that you would tell around the campfire kind of thing. And they have the ballad of big um, that's essentially like a ghost story of this guy that wasn't afraid of anything and took on a task that was too big for him, but yeah, he died in the attempts of doing it. And so his spirit is still trying to get it finished. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. And I'm actually going to go back and listen to some of their back catalog um, and maybe even listen to their live album. Okay. I, I, as I mentioned, I really like that. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think that's going to be about it for this episode. Thank you so much, Lise, for coming back on and regaling <laughs> us in some good times. Sorry, I was trying to find the exact lyric that I was thinking of. Oh, that's okay. We're coming on back. It's okay. Don't don't even look at it. Okay. It's it's too far gone. It's too late. It's too far gone. We've already passed the point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We passed the exit. We're going to the next amusement park. It's fine. Okay. Uh so yeah, thanks for coming on board. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you I'm glad you liked this one better than uh, Harry Styles. I did. I did. I did. I mean, I liked Harry Styles in a very different way and definitely to a very different extent. Um, the thing that I liked about Harry Styles was ragging on it so much. Like it wouldn't be one that I would put on ever again. Um, I think I am good in meeting my Harry Styles quota for the rest of my life. <laughs> Uh, unless he decides to completely revamp his musical stylings. Um, I'll let you know if he does. I'll keep you posted. Oh, please do. Um, I'm not knocking it. Like, I'm not saying that it's a bad time. I'm just saying that the time isn't for me. No, and that's that's fine. It's just like, I'd rather give you, I hope to give you something that you're going to enjoy or find something to enjoy rather than be like, here's like an hour or an hour and change of music that you're going to have to just slog sit, sit down through and it. get through. Yeah. Luckily I've only had a couple of albums on this podcast where I've had that. Uh, and luckily this one wasn't one of them because I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, the dead South. So. See, I'm really curious to see what you'd make of the beaches now because they're, they're, what was what I was going to give you. And then I, yeah. I was kind of, I've been listening to them again a lot lately and I thought, mm-hmm. well, I think he would like this better. Yeah, 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 than, yeah, yeah. Than what I was going to give you before. So there you go. 
Beautiful. Well, is there anything you want to leave off on? Anything you want the listeners to know? This is your moment to plug anything you want to. Oh, the Dead South are Canadian. Oh, are so, they? Good for yeah. them. So you guys should, everyone should listen to more Canadian music. I agree. Yeah. More good Canadian music. Because apparently we- Justin Bieber is coming out with a new L- new track tomorrow. And I, again, I'm not knocking Justin Bieber. He has an audience and it's well-deserved. But let's let's shine the light on some smaller known Canadian music. Because that was the other thing about these guys. Like I was getting tastes of like Dan Mangan and... Um, Oh, Sam Roberts a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of like Canadian homegrown stylings. So yeah. the beaches are also Canadian. Oh, we right keep on. I keep referencing them. So, you know, indie girl rock guys, go go listen to it. Yeah, beautiful. Uh well, thank you so much for coming on board, Lise. This was a great time. Glad you had fun. I did too. Excellent. Uh, and everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, and just keep sharing music, everybody. It's so great we're all together.